Awesome. Well, hey, you, most of you have probably not seen me before, um, but where are my Wednesday night peeps? Come on, come on, represent. So those are the people who actually have heard me speak before. Um, for the rest of you, my name is Matt. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, um, and Daniel and I have uh, known each other for many years. Um, I've been kind of away for the past few of them. Um, I've been going to college in Sydney, Australia, Hillsong. And uh, now I'm back here um, serving the Lord and absolutely loving every minute of it. And I'm super excited to be here this morning um, talking to you guys. And I'm also super excited that my little sister is here as well. She's right there in the back. She's the one that raised her hand. And, and we can definitely tell who has the looks in the family. And that'd be me. <laughs> um, but no, she's wonderful. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but if you talk to her and, and she says anything bad about me, don't believe one word of it. It's all lies. It's all lies. I am the perfect brother. Be quiet, Kaylin. Shh. I, I'm speaking. <laughs> um, so I'd like to start out this morning by asking you a question. What comes to your mind when I say the word trust? You know, some people may think of a person, whether it's a parent, uh, a teacher, maybe a coach or a friend, um, but then others, fear kind of creeps in. You kind of are uneasy at the edge of your seat when you hear that word because maybe something in your past had you troubled to where you couldn't trust anyone anymore because someone broke that trust. But then there's those, the super spiritual people. You know those people? So like I would ask, oh, do you trust God? Oh yes, pastor, I do. I trust God. They're the ones who, every time a pastor asks a question, they're the ones that, oh, yes, I, I do that. I do that. Him over there, though, you need to be speaking to him. Boy, he is on the wrong track. But me, I, I do it all the time. You know, those super spiritual people, and not that it's bad, but sometimes we just kind of need to be brought back to today and kind of remembered things of the past. And so... Those people are great, but can you honestly tell me that you trust God 100% of the time at the beginning of every circumstance? Not in the middle, not the end, but at the beginning. Can you honestly tell me that you trust him 100% of the time? And then there's that saying, when all else fails. When all else fails, I'll do this. When all else fails, we'll do that. Why do we wait? to when all else fails, to look to God, to ask God for help. Why do we wait? The title of my message this morning is, Don't Let All Else Fail. Just trust God and succeed. My prayer is that this message will help us to remember to always trust God in everything and at all times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity this morning that you've given me. Father, I pray that you'd speak through me and that you'd impact the hearts sitting in front of me, Father. Father, may these words be impactful to them and may it change their life. And have my words drop to the ground and your words rise above to pierce the thickest wall that's surrounding them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so have you ever noticed... Um, that we put our trust in things. 
things that are ever-changing. Take, for example, technology. Specifically, cell phones. We put so much of our trust in this one device. We use it to make phone calls, we use it to text, and now most of them do email, um, they provide our schedule, and they can even tell us information about what's going on around us. Like for my phone, for example, uh, it can tell me the temperature. Okay, Google Now, if it would work. Okay, Google Now, it's not working. It's not reliable. Okay, Google Now, why isn't that working? I know, don't trust the technology. Okay, Google Now. Okay, Google Now. Okay, well, it's not working. Anyways, I was planning on it say, beep, beep, and I'd say, hey, what's the temperature? And it will tell me the temperature without me even, without me even saying anything. And uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that, <laughs> obviously, you could tell that they're not reliable. Um, but... Phones, we, we put so much of our trust in them, and we're so engulfed in the phones, and we're so trustworthy of our phones, and yet sometimes we forget to look up from the phones and actually see with our own eyes what's going on around us. I want you guys to take a look at the screen. I have a video clip for you that will help explain what I'm trying to say. Well, there is sound to it, too, but all the garbage cans are out, too. Mm, yeah, just a couple of minutes ago, the bear left the clearing in the backyard there, and he made his way over to the driveway over on Mayfield. He came down that driveway, down Mayfield, and now he's on Briggs, and now it looks like he's uh, turning into another driveway here. We're going to kind of maneuver around and see if we can get another shot of him. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was definitely right there. Oh, 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 man. Okay, someone, uh, resident there. <laughs> he yeah. just saw the bear. Oh. Walkway. Mark Cole. Yeah. Phones will not tell you, hey, there's a bear in front of you, look up and run. Phones will not do that when you're looking down. We need to look up from our phones and see what's around us. Phones also won't heal you. At least I don't think there's an app for that. <laughs> phones won't fix your money problems. As a matter of fact, they may even make them worse. Because if you aren't responsible with your money, how are you going to pay the bills? Phones are also changing constantly. So how can we trust something that never stays the same? They're always updating. They're always coming out with better models and better programs for the phones. And just to show you how much things have changed, even in the last 20 years when it comes to phones, I have another video clip for you. Go ahead and take a look. about the 40s? Well, because these phones were still around when we were little kids in the 80s. When I was five years old, I had that phone. What? You, 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 you guys were born in the 40s. You have to be dead by now. I know, but these were still around in the 80s. Yeah, but if you guys were born in the 80s, 40s... No, 80s. We were... The 80s. Then you have to be dead by now. <laughs> How are you guys still alive if you have to be dead by now? Rotary Phones! I'm afraid to get this wrong. Alright, so, so I, it's like this. You, <laughs> you you talk into it. Well Wait, no, move this. 
Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't move it, but... It's well, you can, you're just doing it wrong. Go ahead, try oh, it. How do you turn it? Oh my gosh, I'm doing this so long. <laughs> Alright, there. That's right, yeah. takes a long time to dial. Yeah. <laughs> so 50 years from now, what do you think the phone's gonna be like? How are we gonna make calls if it's now this? What will it be in the future? I think it will be the same. Well, you're just gonna have like a chip in your body that we're just gonna do. We probably just have to say to the air, Hi, alright, I wanna call someone. His name is Don. Graphene is um graphite. They think that that's gonna be like the big thing, graphite graphene, because it's an atom thin and it conduct electricity and they're gonna try to make like um, phones out of it. So what do you think about how long is it? Can you plug it in because I really want to call my mom. So right now, does your family only have cell phones or do you also have a home phone? No, it's all cell phones. We have a home phone but we never answer it. We just got a home phone for me and before that my mom only had a cell phone but the other people in my family actually had different types of phones. We have a home phone but no one calls it. I don't, I, it's like it's like that thing that just sits in the drawer for like 10 years. It's a rotary phone. I feel like I'm in history class. I know the ones that hang, and then there's only one like this, and then you speak into this. And yeah, that's even an older one. Yeah, but uh, this one was invented, and then were the t cell phones. So finally, what do you want to say to everyone watching who lived through life with these old phones being the only phones they could use? I feel so sorry for you. It must have been hard. I'm very sorry, but I like your phone technology. If you're watching this, and you've lived through a time, when this was your only mode of talking to people, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you probably have a cell phone now, so I'm not that sorry, so. <laughs> well, so apparently, according to that little kid, I should be dead by now, because I was born in the 80s. But it's actually funny, because my family actually had one of those phones when I was a little kid. And I actually remember cell phones being made, and it started out with a car phone, which actually came in like a briefcase. And my dad had one, and he lugged it all around. And so I experienced that whole change of technology. But we trust so much in our technology, even though, as you've seen earlier, it's never 100% reliable when you want it to work. Um, and it seems that the more the phones change, the less reliable they become. Because the more stuff that they can do, the more stuff can go wrong and mess up your day. So why would we put our trust in something that is so unreliable. Take the iPhone 4, for example. When that first came out, I mean, that's ancient technology now, and most of you probably don't even know what that looks like. But the iPhone 4 was like the biggest leap in cell phones. And when it first came out, everyone wanted it. Everyone had to have it. And so they went out and they got it. And then when they went to go make phone calls, they couldn't make a phone call because it wouldn't be connected. Because the antenna wrapped around the outside of the phone. So every time they covered it with their hands to make a phone call, it would disconnect because they wouldn't have any service. So the very thing that they bought the phone to do, they couldn't do. Um, so which it later was fixed and more models have come out now. And, um, but how about airplanes? Almost all our airplanes now are flown with a computer. And there's two major companies that make airplanes, Boeing and Airbus. And they have two different ideas on how a plane should be controlled. 
Boeing, for example, they believe that the, the best way for a plane to be flown is at the controls of the pilot. So the pilot has final say in anything that goes on in that airplane. He can set the autopilot and it can fly, but without him making the final call on that, on that decision, the plane won't do it. So he has to do it. So that's Boeing's area of thinking. And then there's Airbus. Airbus' way of thinking is that the computer can fly better than the pilot can because they can correct the mistakes that the pilot makes. Sounds good in theory. And um, it's, it's kind of, in the, in the layout of the cockpits between the two um, companies, you can kind of tell where their priorities lie as well. Because Boeing, they have the yoke right in front of them, like you normally see in airplanes, right in front of them. That's how they control the plane. Airbus, on the other hand, they have a joystick, which is on your side. And they can, they can fly the plane manually with that joystick. But in front of them, they actually have a computer keyboard where they input all the information to the computer to tell the plane what to do. But if they're manually flying that airplane with the Airbus plane, and the pilot makes an error, it could be a small error, it could be something that he could get out of and no one would know the difference, but if the computer doesn't like the way he's flying, the computer can take over and fly out of danger. The computer could take over the pilot and fly out of danger and then give control back to the pilot. So there's also experts that are saying that flying is becoming a lost art because we're so reliant on the technology to fly the airplanes. So what happens, just theoretically, not to freak you guys out or anything, but what happens when that computer messes up and fails and the pilot that's in the captain's seat has lost the art of flying? What happens then? Let me ask you this. Who's the pilot in your life? Who's the pilot in your life? Is it a piece of technology that's ever-changing? Or is it God who is never-changing and the only one that we can truly trust? Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. You see, the chariots have turned into cars today. Horses have turned into horsepower. Oh, yeah. Horsepower. But they've turned into horse power. But the name of the Lord has never changed. It has never changed. Ground floor, Jesus is who we need to trust because he is the only one that we can truly rely on 100% of the time. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And that is something, the thing, that we can truly put our trust in. Another thing that I've noticed that we put our trust in is in ourselves and in our own strength to do things. Have you ever tried to do something on your own and you just get frustrated? And then someone comes up to you and says, oh, can I help you? And you say, leave me alone, I can do it myself. Because you're so frustrated. Because it's not working, and yet you're refusing to get the help. That makes completely good sense, doesn't it? And yet, in the end, you give up anyways because 
well, you couldn't do it. People that I've talked to with my job, I'm a pastoral care pastor here, so I go and see people in the hospitals, and I talk with them, and a lot of the language that I hear um, is, it goes something like this, is, I can't do it, okay? I can't do it, and I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to change my life. I'm trying to fix this problem in my life, but it's just so hard. You want to know what I tell them? I said, sure, it's going to be hard. No one told you it's going to be easy. But here's the problem. You are trying to do it on your own. Listen to the words you're saying. I am trying to do this, but I can't do it. It's too hard. Well, of course it's going to be too hard because you are the only one trying to do it. You see, we can't do things in our own strength at least not successfully. Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in the wisdom, in wisdom, is kept safe. You know, we continue to trust in our own strength to direct our life. And sometimes it works. But somewhere along the journey, it's like we put up blinders. And we're like, oh, okay, well, I'd rather do it this way, God, because that way's easier, or what you're asking me to do just seems impossible. It doesn't make sense. So I'm going to continue to go down my own path. And so we continue to go down that path. I'd like to tell you guys a story um, in the Bible, and it's a story of, about Balaam. And to before I read from the Bible, I'd actually like to give you a little bit of background to kind of lead you up to the story. So there's this king. His name was Balak. Not to be confused with Balaam, but Balak. And he was the king of Moab. And you see, he had a problem. And his problem was that the Israelites were settling next to his kingdom, next to Moab. And there was a lot more people than he had, and they were a lot more powerful than he was. So that scared him. That, and they also were taking a lot of their food supplies for his kingdom and his people. So he wanted them gone. But he knew that he couldn't just go in there with full military power and knock them out because they were more powerful than him. So he decided that he was going to curse them instead. But, of course, he couldn't do it himself because he thinks he's better than everyone else. So he sends the princes of Moab out to find Balaam because apparently he could do it. So the princes went out. They spoke to Balaam. And the first time they talked to him, Balaam said, no, I can't do it because God told me that these people cannot be cursed, so I will not do it. They came back to him the second time and told, asked Balaam again, and Balaam said, well, okay, the Lord told me I can go, but I have to say what he says. So that's what God told him. He says, go with these men, but only say what I tell you to say. And that's where I'm going to pick up with a story in the Bible. It can be found in Numbers 22, verses 21 through 35. It says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. 
Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. What a nice owner. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there's no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. Where the donkey, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was angry, and he beat her with his staff. Nice. When the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? That's crazy, a talking donkey. Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I'll kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have had ridden to this day? Have I not been, have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would have certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. So Balaam, he listened to God. But he had some alternative motives. In his heart, truly, he really wasn't going to go there to say what God said. He was going to do what Balak was wanting him to do. Because Balak was offering all these gifts and, and treasures and whatnot. And so when God tried to stop him, he sent an angel. But the only one that could see him was the donkey. An animal. It's because Blom had these blinders put on. Because he was so focused on himself, he was so focused inward on what he wanted to do, then he was focused on the things of God, which is where he should have been. So he had these blinders on and couldn't see. So he got angry. He got frustrated at, these don at this donkey. You see, we may hear God and we may obey but along that journey, somewhere along that journey, we too put up blinders. And we're like, well, I'd rather do it this way. So I'm going to do it my own way. And then we get frustrated and angry because we're like, well, where's God? Where are you? But the truth is, is he's right there and he's trying to get your attention. But we can't see him because we have those blinders on. Just a thought, have you ever thought that maybe the reason why you get angry when things don't go your way is because you are resisting what God is telling you to do? Let me say that again. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason why you get angry is because you are resisting what God is telling you to do? Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Ground four, we need to fully 
trust God. Not just listen to him, but trust him. Because he's the only one that can put us on the straight and narrow. But Matt, you just, you just don't understand. The world is messed up. My parents are struggling in every way. Have you not seen the news with all the wars going on in the Middle East? And Matt, by the way, I go to Granville High School. Did you not know that we lost three of our students last year? Yes. It's terrible. They're all true when we look at it. But here's the problem. We're looking at these things through our own eyes. And we're trying to get around these obstacles in our life in our own strength. We're trying to get through that hurt and the pain and those struggles in life through our own strength. And we can't do it in our own strength. You know, I have a theory on why so many of us see things in such a negative way nowadays. And it's because that for so long in this nation, and especially this state, we have seen so many negative things that we forgot what positivity looks like. And so all we see is negative. And it's not that we're choosing to or we... We want to, well, we are choosing to, but it's not that we want to. It's just that that's what we're used to seeing. But you see, it's like we have blinders on our eyes that we can't see the positive things that are actually happening around us every day. Because we have those blinders on our eyes. And the devil uses those blinders to keep us from growing and prospering. Because imagine if we saw the positive things in life. Imagine what that could do in our lives, where that could take us. But he's keeping, the devil's keeping those blinders on to keep us from growing and prospering in life. And he's keeping us from seeing the things of God that are happening around us every day. And all the while, God is right there in front of us. And he's telling us, Take off those blinders. Look up and see what I see. The Bible says not to focus on the things of the earth, but to focus on things above, the things of Jesus Christ. You guys, take off your blinders. No longer put your trust in things that are ever-changing. No longer put your trust in your own strength, but put your trust in the one that will point you in the right direction. Put your trust in the one that will show you the answers to the problems of this world. Put your trust in the one that will never leave you or forsake you. Put your trust in the one that has plans to prosper each and every single one of you. Put your trust in the one that will take you to new levels in your life. Put your trust in the one that gives you a hope and a future. Put your trust in the one that will never, never abuse you. Put your trust in the one that will always be your friend, take your blinders off ground floor and look in front of you. He's right there. The one that calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Look up and put your trust in Jesus for he is the hope of this world and he is the hope in your life. Someone give him a shout of praise. Amen.
as the band comes up, I'd like to conclude with a short story. A story that I found I thought was, was pretty cool. And it says, during the 1930s, 250 men were holding on to ropes to a blimp to keep it from floating away. Suddenly, a gust of wind caught one end of the blimp, lifting it high off the ground. Some of the men immediately let go of their ropes and fell safely to the ground. Others panicked, clinging firmly to the end of their ropes as the nose of the blimp arose to greater heights. Several men who couldn't keep holding on fell and were seriously injured. One man, however, continued to dangle high in the air for 45 minutes until he was finally rescued. Reporters later asked him how he was able to hold on to the rope for so long. I didn't hold on to the rope, he replied. I just tied it around my waist, and the rope held on to me. Who are you in this story? Are you trying to use your own strength to live by holding on to that rope with all your might? Getting frustrated, getting hurt? Or are you the one who trusts God and allows him to hold you up? You guys, we need to put our trust in him. Have him hold you up. Stop trying to do it on yourself. Stop putting your trust in things that obviously are not reliable when you need them to be, that are ever-changing. Put your trust in the one who is never-changing, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who's 100% reliable will never fail you, will never leave you, and will never forsake you. Some of you here have a hard time doing that. I just want to let you know that it's tough. Like I said, no one said it's going to be easy. But I can guarantee you this. The more and more you trust in God and your life, the easier it becomes. Because it is no longer yourself doing it. It is through Christ who gives you strength to do it. You know, some of you here, maybe you're going through life and you're, you're holding on to that rope for dear life. And you're looking for a savior. You're looking for someone to come and save you before you let go because you can't hold on any longer. And then there's some of you here who maybe have found that savior but have walked away. Well, I want to introduce you to him. And I want to reintroduce you to him. And his name is a good friend of mine, Jesus Christ. Him and I are like this. Like this. We're buddies. I want to introduce you to him. And it isn't about the Christian thing. It isn't about, oh, well, I just have to do my Christian duty and just say the prayer. Boo, I'm good. Yeah, that's, that's step one. But it's about a relationship. 
It isn't about being a Christian. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, being in the word, talking with him every day. That's what it's all about. That's what he desires. That's the reason why he created humans, to have that relationship. But we need to accept what his son Jesus Christ did on that cross so many years ago. We need to accept that and we can live eternally with him because the moment you die, it's done. Your fate's sealed. So if you happen to be flying on an airplane where the pilot has lost the art of flying and the computer fails, you know where you're going because you prayed this prayer. On the count of three, if you guys would all bow your heads and eyes closed. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand for those who want to make that commitment. Either one, you, you've never made that commitment, and you're asking God, tie the rope around my waist, Father, and hold me up. I want to have a relationship with you. Or two, you're coming back to him, and you're just making that knot around your waist a little bit tighter. And from this moment on, you're making the commitment to follow him every day, to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand while no one's looking around. The only one looking is me and some of the prayer partners. This is between you and God. This is that special moment. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Awesome. Everyone's saved, going to heaven. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for today. Thank you so much that when all else fails, we can look to you. But Father, it's more than that. We strive to say before all else fails, we choose to trust you and succeed every single time. Father, I thank you so much for your grace and your forgiveness that you're, and your patience, Father, with us in that journey. Father, I know that none of us will ever be perfect at it. But Father, I pray that you continue to work in our hearts, that we continue to trust you more and more every day. Father, I pray that you'd be with this group this morning. As they go from here, Father, have it not just be a message that they can use on Sundays, but a message that they can use every day of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, you know what? I like to end things up on a good note. So we're going to sing a praise song. Have at it. Come on, Come on forward if you'd like. And we're going to have some fun.